This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from all over Tampa Bay on AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1 in Lakeland and in Jacksonville, 91.7, in St. Augustine, 91.9, in Folkestone, Georgia, 91.3, and of course in Colster, Virginia on Lighthouse AM 1010 and FM 100.1. Thank you for tuning in today. However you're hearing our show today, we're grateful, we're thankful, and we hope that something we say today, we pray about this every day actually, we pray that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper just in connecting your faith and your work. We really do hope that that is the case today. And, you know, we're always excited when we bring on um, guests. That's why we do it, Jim, to share with our listeners stories of what God's doing across the country. And we want to hear those stories. And so I just invite you as you're listening today, if it prompts um, you to think of somebody that you know that is living out their faith in their workplace, reach out to us on our contact page on our website, which is iworkforhim.com. I work the number for him.com. And we have a contact page. It'll send us an email and we can start a conversation. That's fantastic, Martha. We'd love to hear from you guys, our listeners. Love, love, love it. In fact, I went through a whole bunch of emails today looking at listener suggestions to set up some new shows. Transitions and changes. Both words cause extraordinary stress in the average human being. But change and transitions are inevitable. How do you prepare? How do you create an organization that's ready for transition and a CEO position that can be perpetuated all the while having the organization staying centered on faith in Christ? Today on I Work For Him, we're going to talk with Mike Martin and Zach Jiwa about their recent transition at the Karis Group in Austin, Texas. Mike Martin's been on the show before, and he's been the CEO for over a decade for the Karis Group, and he represents the boomer generation and has been praying for that person who would take, one day take over his position for several years. Zach Jiwa, part of the millennial generation, is a brilliant and hand, is brilliant and handpicked by God to handle this transition and the leadership at the Karis Group. I can't wait for you to hear their story. Zach and Mike, welcome to I Work for Him. Well, thank good you. afternoon, thank Jim you. and Martha. Yeah, yeah we're thank grateful. You. We're grateful that you guys could be on today. And and Zach, I did a little more research. You're kind of just past the millennial generation, right? Just like a really young Xer, isn't that true? There's a lot of debate over where that cutoff is. I've sat on <laughs> panels that called me a uh, millennial, and I've, uh, I've kind of rejected that at times, but uh, I guess I fit in that tweener generation. The, so the uh, Xennials, that's what we've been calling them. Okay, all right. We're going to get back to Zach Jiwa in just a second, because Mike Martin, you've just gone through some incredible change in your life. You know, we've had you on the air before, and we've talked with Tony Dale about the perpetuation at the Karis Group under new leadership. We've talked about that on the show. We prayed about it on the show. Tell us why you needed a replacement. Well, Jim, that's an that's interesting <laughs> question. I think it was because... It was time, and my season was coming to a close, and I felt like the Lord was really speaking to me uh, at this season in my life. I'll be 70 years old this year, and uh, I just felt like in my spirit that the Lord was telling me it was it was time to really move into high gear our succession planning program and move that ahead and to look for uh, younger, fresher uh, talent. Uh, we certainly needed someone much more technologically advanced uh, than I was, and so it, it just fit well with us. But I think, I really think for me, it was uh, the Lord was just speaking to me, you know, uh, 
well done, good and faithful servant. You've done a good job here. I have something else for you, but uh, it's time for this season, this, uh, this chapter to close in your life. So, Mike, what did the preparations for finding your replacement look like? Oh, wow. That, that goes back uh, several years uh, when uh, Tony and Felicity Dale and I and our board of directors talked about succession planning, um, which is an important every, – everyone needs to have a successor uh, plan in, in hand. And so we developed one, and the, a lot of the planning and preparation centered around prayer. Uh, one of the things that we – we're praying for is that the Lord would bring the right man or woman to lead this company. And I think the big challenge for us is there are certainly, I, I would tell Tony, there's certainly lots of very qualified people, especially here in Austin, Texas, that can lead the company. Uh, but the real question is, can they be the spiritual leader of the company as well as the I guess, business leader. So one of the things we really had to do was identify uh, people who had strong spiritual uh, connectivity with the Lord and leadership uh, and who could embrace that in the workplace uh, and as Karis does, because we were unashamedly uh, uh, overt about our beliefs and who we are in Christ. And uh, not everybody that worked for us was a believer, um, but we were certainly open and created an environment where everyone was comfortable that we could share that. But I, I would say most of the preparation was really prayer. You know, Mike, I know because Tony and I have become friends over the years, and I have just followed along the story as you and Tony have prayed about your transition and you've prayed about your successor, and it's been years. Did you ever get tired of preparing for your successor? No, not really. <clears throat> I think uh, the desire to have the right person. I love the Karis Group. I love the people there. Uh, I love what we did, and I really enjoyed my tenure with the company. And so it was important to me, and more so to Tony and Felicity, because they own, own the company, but it was important to me that someone come in and take the ball, if you will, from where I had advanced it to much further. And so I, my desire, my hope, my prayer was that, Lord, bring the right person here who can really advance your kingdom through our company to reach millions and millions of people and touch them and help them and bless them. And so, no, I didn't really get tired of it. It was the continue, continually keeping your eyes open, looking and searching for the right person. And we believe uh, the Lord certainly brought Zach Jiwa to us. It was a miraculous story, which I'm sure Zach will share. And that's exactly what we were just going to ask you. So you just said his name. How did God bring him to you? Well, it's really interesting. Zach uh, had attended um, a, a, a John Eldridge program, which John Eldridge and um, Ransom Heart Ministries out in Colorado, they call it their boot camp. And uh, Zach had gone to this boot camp. And Tony Dale's son, John Dale, works for um, uh, John Eldridge in the ministry. And uh, at the end, they, so when the speakers are introducing themselves, uh, John Dale mentions he's originally from Austin, Texas. Well, after the event was over, I believe Zach went and introduced himself to um, to John Dale and, and, and said, you know, if you ever get back to Austin, 
speaking to John Dale, why don't you give me a call? We'll have lunch or a talk and visit and catch up. And we brought uh, John in quarterly for our board meetings, and uh, the next time he came in, they did. They they connected, and subsequently, as I understand it, uh, John called uh, Tony and said, you know, we were very much, very far along in the search process. We had three mm-hmm. very strong candidates at that point, uh, and we were just at the point of narrowing down to one. And John calls his dad and says, I've met this young man, uh, Zach Jiwa, and I really think you ought to meet him and talk to him. So Tony reached out to Zach and uh, well, I want you to hang, hang, hang on there for a second, Mike, because a lot of us, when we got to that point, would have said, hey, we've been, we're pretty much down the, the road on this. We've got three yeah. great candidates, because I remember we prayed about back in it's like a August or September, maybe October show, Tony, because we've got lots of great candidates. We're in the process. Yeah. I mean... A lot of would say, eh, it's too late. We're not even going to bother bringing in Zach. What made you say, I'm going to stop? This maybe is a is a is a is one of those God incidences we need to pay attention to. Yeah, I, I think the real answer, just to bluntly truthful, is of the three folks that were being considered, they were all very talented and capable and certainly could have run the company well and loved the Lord. But for, for me, none of them... I didn't hear the Lord saying, this is my person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear the Lord's anointing on who it was going to be, not Mike's or some right. business decision. Let's let's talk about this. You, um, Tony's son comes and says, hey, you need to talk to this uh, Zach Jiwa. He, he, Tony goes and meets with him. You go to meet with him. How did Zach end up going to the top of the reign and becoming the new president of the Karis Group? Well, we, we had lunch with him, and Zach really didn't know. I don't think he knew why that we were interviewing him. I thought he, I think he. Oh, it was a it covert was just, op then. It was a covert yeah, op. I think he thought it was just his, uh, his John Dale connecting him with his dad. But uh, I, I, it was clear from the openness, the transparency, and from his heart uh, that wow, this this young man was somebody different, somebody very special. In fact. After we shook hands and left him, and Tony, uh, Zach can tell you more of that story, but we got in the car and I told Tony, I said, Tony, I think this is the person the Lord's brought to us. He wasn't looking for this, but I believe this is the young man uh, that is going to lead our company, and it just took off from there. Zach Jiwa, I want to hear the other side of the story. Last summer, as these guys have been praying already for a couple of years about who they were going to transition Mike Martin's position to, what was going on in your life that led you up to that conversation over dinner with Mike and Tony where you were getting interviewed and you weren't even sure you were there, why you were even there? What was the Lord doing in your heart to prepare you for this uh, incredible position change? Jim, you can't see my face, but I, I've got a I've got a smile from ear to ear because I, I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed at what happened over over the summer, and you know it, it is it is a long story, and it's really hard to tell it in short. But I, but I will try to do that. You know, I had I had uh, I'd moved back to Austin, Texas in 2014. Had actually uh, launched a company with a couple of business partners. Um, went through some really tough trials as anyone who's ever started a, a company or a business knows, you know, you, you give it, you give it your all. Um, I may not have, may not have been the smartest move for me because I gave it my all without, you know, a, a huge amount of capital, 
um, a wife of, at that point in time, 14 years, four kids. And, you know, it's, it's a traditional story of mortgage the house and, and do everything you can to try to build a business. Um, and, you know, four and a half years later, um, you know, things were going, but I, I wouldn't say that they were, they were going spectacularly well for, for the business that I was, that I was running. Um, but also we had just been through the fire and, and marriage and, and, you know, all the things that everyone knows happens whenever you reduce your income and you start, you know, um, uh, you start going through those challenges. And so, uh, what's interesting about, you know, how Mike shared the story was I ended up at a Wild at Heart boot camp, the John Eldridge boot camp in February of 2018. And I'd done so through this, this path of, of quite honestly, uh, going through some major trouble in, in our marriage and, and ultimately God, God performed a miracle in my marriage and saved it. But mm. part of that was, was, you know, ending up at a Wild at Heart boot camp. So, you know, all of these things are connected. Um, God knows they're connected. He knows what he's doing. But when you're living in it, you don't understand it. Um, and, and so July, July comes around as, as Mike um, shares the story. I think it was maybe late June, believe it or not, um, I had, I had kind of gotten into this, this funk or this mode with my, with my prior company, and I just wasn't sure about it. I had gone over to a friend's house um, who had just lost his job, and I'm always you know, trying to reach out to brothers in Christ who are going through a tough time and encourage them and see what I can do to help them also in healthcare. And I remember sitting out on his deck by his pool, uh, you know, drinking, drinking a soda and praying for him over opportunities. And one of the things that he shared with me is that he had just recently been to um, New York City with a prospective uh, uh, employment opportunity, and he was just so incredibly inspired and amazed by this company who was a Christian, you know, based, faith-based company where they went into, I, I believe it was Trump Tower. It makes for a better story, but let's just say it was Trump Tower. <laughs> they went into the board uh, meeting room where they were going to meet with some folks, and they actually prayed over the chairs and just talked to the Lord about, the, uh, you know, the upcoming meeting before the meeting happened. And he was just, you know, extolling the, the, the amazingness, the coolness of being able to do that. And I, and just, I, I said it out loud. I said, man, Greg, I mean, I think you, you take that job no matter what. I, I would dream of an opportunity to work for, you know, and with, uh, you know, Christian mm-hmm. men and women in a faith-based company and culture that 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 you show up to a meeting before you do anything, you start pray over the the people that you don't even know are going to be in there. So Hang on for just a second, no, I want to talk. We're we're talking with Mike Martin and Zach Jiwa about transition, about per, setting up your perpetuation plan and praying for the person you're going to transition your leadership to, and doing it for years, knowing that God will be faithful and God will bring the person to you at just the right time. And we're all the way over in Austin, Texas, hearing the story. And Zach is just going given the other side of the story. As Mike Martin shared in the first segment, he shared what the Lord was doing leading up to this. And Zach is sharing the other side of that story as they start to intersect together. So you're sitting by the pool and you're saying, boy, I'd love to work for a company where I could pray before meetings and really let the Lord intervene in leadership. Mm -hmm. Take it from there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so whatever it was, two, three weeks, um, you know, I get a message from John Dale. We're going to have dinner. We go have dinner. He mentions to, to me at, at that dinner that, you know, he's in town to, to, to meet for the, his family board meeting. I said, well, what do they do? Oh, they're a healthcare company. My dad's actually a, a physician from, from London, and he started this company 22 years ago. And I said, no way. You've got a healthcare company led by a Christian 
um, doctor leader that I don't know in Austin. Who is this? I know everybody in Austin. I mean, I'm a mover and shaker entrepreneur. <laughs> I take pride in knowing everybody that's in healthcare doing something interesting, uh, especially of the Christian faith. Um, you know, we, we have these lamentation cycles of Christian CEOs meeting together. How do I not know Tony Dale? So, of course, you know, I say to John, hey, would you mind connecting us? I'd love to grab you know, lunch or dinner with your dad and get to know him just so I know uh, another elder in the in the community leading a Christian business, just uh, inspired by it. Of course, John said, yes, I'd be happy to introduce him, makes an email introduction. It takes a two-week cycle for me to show up to lunch at uh, some steakhouse, um, and, and that's, that's kind of when it all, when it all comes together. I'll pause, but uh, I can tell the rest of that story and how I came to lunch. <laughs> so w- were you at lunch that day with Mike and with Tony or just Tony that day? Yeah, so I, I, I showed up to, to lunch thinking I was meeting with Tony Dale. I, I remember distinctly I, I walked in before they did. No one was there. I went to the restroom, and I walked out expecting to see Tony Dale, you know, at whatever table that I was supposed to be at. And there's two, you know, older gentlemen sitting at a table. I'm like, you know, mentally I was like, oh, that can't be them. I'm meeting one person. And, and Tony says, are you Zach Gila? And I'm like, well, yes, I am. And so I remember having this sense, almost this sense of annoyance, because I love relationship. <laughs> I love to get to know people one-on-one. And here I was trying to meet this Christian, you know, CEO chairman, and there were two people there. I'm like, okay, what, you know, what's up with this? And, and I literally sat down. I, fe- I felt the Lord say, you know, pray. And so I just asked Tony and Mike, I said, can we pray? I have no idea why I'm here and what this is, what this means, but I just uh-huh. have the sense that we should start this, this, you know, lunch with prayer. Um, you know, I, probably more common for them, um, than it was for me at the time, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like it. And, and we did. And, and I just said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to be who I am. I don't care that there's two men sitting in front of me. I'm just going to share my heart and what I care about and what I'm doing here. And I proceeded just to tell them my entire story. No idea that they were looking across the table at me thinking, this is, your, this is you know, our next CEO. Uh, Mike, as you, in 30 seconds or less, as you're having that lunch and you're hearing Zach's story, what was, the, what was just one thing really quick that stood out that you said, wow, I love that? Uh, yeah, it was the, the openness and transparency about his life, and particularly about the difficulties he had just gone through in his marriage, and how the Lord had intervened and helped them. Mm. Very few people, men, when you meet them, will open up like that in a first meeting, even if they're brothers in the Lord. I just loved the fact that he was not fearful to be yeah. himself and to be open. We're talking with Mike Martin and Zach Jiwa from The Karis Group. You can check them out online, thecarisgroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, so many of us are looking for healthcare solutions that are just a little bit different than what we're seeing out there. Sedera mm. Health, Sedera, S-E-D-E-R-A.com is a place you can look for your group to find a, to take the idea of healthcare sharing and take it to a corporate level, a group level. But sometimes those healthcare bills get out of control and you need help negotiating them because they're just way whacked out. The Caris Group for over 22 years has been negotiating bills on behalf of people all over the country to get them down so that they're reasonable and it helps everybody out if we get those bills reduced. We're talking today with Mike Martin and Zach Jiwa because they just transitioned from Mike having been the president of the Karis Group for over a decade, I believe, 
to Zach Jiwa this fall. And a little bit of a generational difference, but really uh, at the hand of God, a huge transition. You know, so one of the things I'm really hoping that our listeners come away with today is just this whole concept. So many of of our listeners are entrepreneurs or they're running companies or they've, um, you know, dreaming dreams about what their company can become. And we sometimes don't think about someday we're going to need to be have a perpetuation plan. And so um, our story today is really all focused around the passing of a baton within an organization with very much the desire for keeping the culture, the spiritual culture that was created within Karis Group. And I just, I'm excited for us to hear more about that because we all need to be thinking about that. What is What would happen if I weren't here? How would the culture that we've created um, continue and where would God take us? So as we're talking about this, Zach, I'm just really curious. Um, you know, you talked about, oh, you were talking with a friend and you would love to be in an organization where there was that culture of praying before meetings and things like that, but you weren't actually looking for a job change. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I wasn't, I I was running a company, so I didn't even think it was like reasonable to think about that. Were you already in the healthcare industry? Yes, I have a 20 year background in healthcare. I've always been in healthcare. I kind of skipped out on going to med school after I thought that I would, you know, become a doctor, Um, but I, I stuck within the field. So you had this lunch and and you met with these these gentlemen. You didn't really know where that was going to go. Um, finding out later that these guys have been praying for somebody to 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 be able to pass the baton of Mike Martin onto. How shocked were you when God started pulling all of this together? Well, it it actually happened at the lunch, or kind of as we were we were departing the lunch. You know, I was the I was the big mouth that just shared openly everything, and these guys, you know, kind of reclined back, eating their steak, listening to it all. You know, me wondering, you know, where where this all was going, but not kind of projecting it, mm-hmm. um, just being very open. And uh, I think it was Tony at the very end of of the discussion. You know, th- there were. Also, I love how how Scripture talks about the signs and wonders of, of God, and sprinkled throughout the conversation, there were there were signs um, and wonders throughout the conversation. And I'll give you two examples. One, Tony and Felicity Dale have have four children, three boys, and and a, and a daughter, and they're all sprinkled um, out, you know, across two years. It turns out that our family, my family dynamic, is that we had we have four children. Um, three boys and a girl, almost exactly the same spread. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, different ages. But I was like, huh, that's interesting. What a coincidence. And then, you know, Mike Martin sitting over here to, to the right of me um, shares that he worked for um, state politics in Louisiana, worked for the governor um, of Louisiana at one point in time. And I was like, huh, I shared with him that, you know, I had worked for Governor Jindal and, and worked in the Department of Health. And isn't that random that we would have these similarities and then these commonalities? Mm-hmm. Not at all random, right? So no. at, the end of the, at the end of lunch, Tony proceeds to tell me the story of how John had come into the board meeting the next day after having dinner with me and saying, I think this is your new CEO. And I was just confounded. And, I, you know, it's just, I, well, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I'm running a company. Um, I don't really know how I would gracefully bow out of running a company. I have investors and, you know, complications and all that sort of stuff. Um, but as Mike and Tony left, 
they said, well, you know, we're hearing a clear message from the Lord that there's something here, and we'd like for you to go home and talk to your wife and pray about it and listen to the Lord and, and what he has to say. So did you? Oh, well, of course I did. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I walked away from that from that conversation just so energized. And I, I'm, I'm, I can be impulsive. I won't lie. Um, I can be impulsive. And I was like, uh, you know, wh- what in the world is, is going on here? And, I, you know, I, I talked to the Lord right then and there as I got in my car. And I'm like, Father, if you, you have something for me, um, show me and tell me. And I committed to Tony that I would, you know, go home and, and talk to my wife and pray over it, which uh, with four kids, it's hectic. We didn't get to do that on, that was a Monday, Monday night. It didn't come around. We were both, you know, kind of falling asleep in different areas of the house at different times. And, um, you know, but but we, we said, we're going to get up at 5 a.m. and we're going to talk about this and we're going to pray about it. We did. I uh, got up at 5 a.m. in the morning, sat down, talked about it. My wife said, well, that why wouldn't you, if all these things that you're telling me are signs, why wouldn't you say, yes, you'll consider it? And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it the day. And I'm going to tell you something else that's amazing that, that happened. Um, and and this, is, this is truly when you know that the, that the Lord is at work. I came home from uh, work on that Tuesday, and I was so depressed and so down on myself um, having thought about it all day, and I came home, and my wife picked up on it, and she said, "She said, Zach, what's going on with you? Why, uh, what, why are you acting like like this? You're you're kind of angry. You're you're mad." And and I was like, you know, I've thought about this all day, and quite frankly, uh, what what am I thinking? I can't step into a 22 year old company and and run it. I, I'm going to destroy it. I'm not smart enough. You know, I have so many of my own faults and sins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm being called a pastor here and I am not qualified. And, and she looked at me like I was an alien. Um, I will never forget this. And she looked at me and she said, I don't know what you're talking about and, or who you are, because Zach, you have a a four-year degree, a master's degree. You've worked for a governor of, of, of a state. You've worked for a president of the United States. You've worked for the largest software company in the world, and you're telling me that you're not prepared and you're not ready and you're not good enough to do this? Who are you listening to? And how did you respond to that with your, with your wife? She, I mean, it was, it was like a verbal slap in the face. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, of course the enemy doesn't want me to do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I recognize it immediately. Of course. Of course, the um, of course fear is going to creep in here. Yeah. So, what, what what time of the year was that last year when you were having that conversation with your wife? Man, that I'm I'm going to say this is the first or second week of August. Okay, so it's moving along. It's first or second week of August. Now, you, Mike Martin, are going. Hey, by the way, Tony knocking on the door. Tony, hey, Tony, come in, Tony. I'm retiring the 31st of December. Tony, we need to make a decision. Isn't that what's going on? Oh yeah, we uh, we really did, <laughs> and more than that, we we had a desire for a, a different type of transition. Most experiences I've had in leading companies is, you know, you walk, the new guy walks in one day and the keys are handed over, and the old guy leaves, and you start from there trying to figure out what's going on. But we had a desire instead of waiting all the way to January to bring Zach in, 
to bring him in in October, on October the 1st, and then we would overlap as co-CEOs for three months, and there would be the gentle shifting during that time from me to Zach, but it would also allow him the time to really learn the company, uh, get his thoughts together about where he'd like to go, and then be ready to take it instead of just walking in cold one day and having to figure out what's going on. Uh, and it was very healthy. And uh, the, the best part to me was I got to know Zach Chua. He's a wonderful young man, and it was one of the highlights of my life. Well, you jumped ahead a little bit there on us, Mike, but that's okay. We're going to go back to Zach. Zach, okay, so you're having a conversation with your wife. You said, well, I guess I could consider it. Mike's obviously, we're on the phone today, and you're on the air today with us. You made the decision, but you had a company to walk away from and a company to join. How did God work that transition out so that it was perfectly time for you to get started by October 1st at the Karis Group? Yeah, it's a great question. It's probably some of the, the most challenging um, challenging episodes of my life there and decisions mm. that I had to make. Um, you know, the, the first, uh, you know, the first, the spirits of, of, of fear and doubt and all of that were, were, you know, in high, in high work. You know, after, after the first episode, then, uh, you know, we got down the path. I did interviews and I guess I, I passed the interviews with flying colors. And the next spirit of fear, you know, was around, um, well, uh, and I come from a I come from a family of pastors in, in my background, and I was like, sure, this Christian company, uh, pie in the sky, they'll never be able to offer me the kind of money that would make sense for me to come take over. You know, Christian Christian companies just try to to drag you in and and um, you know not, maybe not pay you well. That's that's my impression. And so you know, I guess two three weeks later. We finally got to Tony and I finally got to the the discussion of compensation and and they made me an offer and it was like a really generous offer and I was like wow God just keeps paving the way so you know everything on the Caris Group side you know was was sounding really great but then you know on the other side of this I'm the CEO of a company um, I have responsibilities how do I do that I actually uh, I actually stepped away so Labor Day comes up. Um, I uh, actually decide to um, fast and pray for the entire weekend of Labor Day. I went away, went out to a, a West Texas ranch, fast and prayed, and, and spent time in the Word. And and I said, I'm going to go and listen listen for the Lord on all of this, and 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 let Him tell me how I'm going to do this and if I should do this. And and anyway, so I went away and came back on Monday, refreshed with a clear direction that. Without knowing exactly how to do it, although I wanted to do it with grace and, and with, you know, with love, that I was going to make that transition. I came back on Tuesday after Labor Day, and I sat down with uh, my business co-founder um, of, of my former company, MI7, and had the really, really hard conversation. Um, and it didn't go well, but my, I, I, was, I was committed to um, you know, doing what I would say I was going to doing what I said I would do. Um, helping as much as I could. As things got started on October 1st, you're looking at, you don't really know Zach that much. You know him a little, but you're about ready to transition your baby. How, how many years were you the CEO at the Karis Group? Uh, I've been there nine years. Okay, I, I thought it was almost 10. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got your little baby, the Karis Group, that you've been coddling and all the people that you've been loving on for all those years. How hard was it for you to transition that baby to, to into new hands into Zach's hands. How hard was that mentally for you? 
Well, it was actually it was actually easy because I really believed that the Lord had brought Zach to us and that he was going to be the anointed one to lead the company. So I felt from the very beginning uh, great confidence and trust in the Lord and that this was the right thing. So I made a commitment to Tony Dale, and I made the same commitment to Zach Giwa that I would do everything in my power to make this transition excellent and successful for Zach's future because I wanted him to be successful. So that's how we kicked it off. But it was... It was hard because I love the people, but uh, I, it was also a time when I knew the Lord was preparing me for another season in my mm. life. So I was so, ready for that. Mike, as you guys were transitioning and spending so much time together, what is something, maybe the most powerful thing that you learned from Zach during the process? Oh, well, gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, I think... When we sat down and talked about how we were going to get started, Zach said, and he told the staff, he said, I was, I'm very relational, and I would like to get to know each of you. And so he scheduled an hour with every employee, uh, to at least an hour, to sit down and meet them and understand where they're from, what their needs are, what their dreams are. Uh, and I, I was just so impressed that most people come in there trying to get a hold of bank accounts and finances and do all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But he was right on target. He knew that the success of the company was dependent upon the team that was built there and how they took care of their customers and our members. And so he invested heavily that first month. It uh, was almost exclusively him getting involved with the staff. And I heard nothing but uh, raves from the staff that would come tell me later that, wow, I think y'all picked the right guy. This is going to mm. be wonderful. But it was Well, in fact, when we people. were there in October, Mike, the we were walking thing. through the hallways of your guys' new building, and Zach's sitting there in deep conversation, sitting at one of the help desks or sitting at one of the – he was really involved. He was on in the that. floor working, He was, he was on guess. the floor working, and we got to see that in action. You were out of, oh, the, yeah. you were out of town, and we got to see Zach doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Zach never it. did take an office. He worked. Uh, he said, "I want to be out among staff, and I want to be accessible and open to them, and I want to get to know them." And what and a he great did thing! That. What a great oh, thing! Yeah. So, so Zach, same question for you during this transition. What was one of your biggest takeaways from your time spent with Mike? Yeah, well, it, it's, uh, it's probably it's probably mutual respect and in, in kind of the same dimension. Um, you know, when I walked into the Caris Group, I could sense, recognize. You know, Mike talked about these one on ones that I did with everyone. There was this unanimous um, comment on what you love most about the Caris Group, um, the people and the culture. What do you, you know? How do you feel about Mike's Mike's retirement? We're sad. Um, but we're excited about the future. And those two key things told me that there, A, there's something very special about the people and the culture and the relationships here, and in particular with Mike. And so I probably said out loud a number of times when I asked, what do you, what do you want to accomplish here? And I said, number one, I don't want to screw up the good thing that Mike has done um, over the last 10 years. He has built an incredible culture of people who love the Lord and love to be together in this community working together. Well, and love doing what they do every day, which is why don't you tell people what does the Karis Group do each and every day? 
Yeah, well, we're you know we're a company filled with uh, with patient advocates, and and you know patient advocates mean uh, patient advocacy means a lot of things to a lot of people, but we are really focused on giving um, patients the best experience in the healthcare as they as they interact with the healthcare system, especially as it pertains to um, you know their their healthcare bills. Right, so we work with a number. We're a B two B company for sure, or mostly a B two B company, um, and we work with other businesses who are kind of carrying the the burden, the financial burden, to be patient advocates on behalf of the patient to negotiate lower bills and and or find navigate them to um, physicians and hospitals and 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 you know surgery situations where they're um, out of pocket uh, or their costs are going to be lower. So we wow. do that for just a plethora of clients that, you know, look, they don't all look the same. But uh, right. at large, that's what we do. We're talking today with Mike Martin and Zach Jiwa as one, the former CEO and the new CEO of the Karis Group out of Austin, Texas. And I want to bring this conversation to the I Work For Him audience because of how I know the Lord was involved from the beginning to the end of what was going on in this transition as Mike Martin and Tony Dale were praying for the perpetuation of this business, this business tree, and who was going to become the new leader, the new pastor. I knew that there was a lot of prayer going into this, and so it is unbelievable the story we're getting here today. Zach, a couple of quick questions. What do you think is the biggest challenge ahead of you now that Mike is gone and you're on your own? Well, I think the the biggest challenge, um, the biggest challenge for the last month, right? We're almost through the month of January, and I've kind of been I've been on my own with, without Mike. Is is just you know getting getting a hold of of the business assets, understanding um, you know the financials, understanding all the things that Mike said the typical CEO would have done in the first ninety days. I didn't really do so. That's what I've been doing the last mm-hmm. thirty days. I think as we as I look forward, I put I spent that time putting together a strategic plan, um, vision casting where I believe the company needed to be over the next ten years. Um, I really focused on. You're familiar with our with our first fruits fund and giving ten percent of our uh, net profits away. I really focused on a a single point in the future that said, how are we going to give to grow the kingdom? of the Lord and 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 how do we do that and back in back into that with revenue and profit margins and and those sort of things. And so well, I think the challenge going forward is taking a company a legacy services company of 22 years and transforming that company into a modern uh, workplace and, and service delivery which which requires technology which I have a you know really strong background in. And I love that, and I want to talk about the First Fruits Front Fund on a future show. Mike, I want to ask you a question. You've just now transitioned. You said you're 70 years old. You got, you're got you facing the second half of life. You're, you're facing a new phase of life. What is it that the Lord has set before you to accomplish? What, what, do, you, what do you see the Lord preparing you for now? Well, Jim, this is, that's a great question. Um, I've actually had several prophetic words given to me over the past six to eight months, and one of the things that was given to me was, first, rest. The Lord is telling me to rest. And so I've taken this month off just to decompress, to rest, and spend time with my wife, because we were very busy all those work years, and now I want to be with her. Uh, But at the same time, asking the Lord, uh, a friend of mine suggested this, question, I think it's a Henry Blackaby thought, but he said, 
your prayer ought to be, Lord, where are you moving and what are you doing and how can mm. I join you in that? Yeah. And so that's that's my prayer right now. I've been resting and recovering from 55 years of work, and, uh, and now I'm seeking the Lord. Where where can you use me? And uh, whatever that would look like, whether it's in full-time ministry, part-time ministry, or business, consulting, it doesn't make any mm-hmm. difference to me. It's where can the Lord use me, and how can I be of value to Him? I can't wait to hear the next part of that story. And that is such a key. <laughs> so, Zach, you are a busy dad. How, in um, just a minute or so, tell us how you're going to protect your marriage as you take on all that the Karis Group has to keep you busy. You got 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, I'm doing a crappy job of it. But um, (laughs) we're, (laughs) Megan and I talk about, talk about this a lot. And I think you just have to be intentional about it. Um, I think that's my 30 second answer. Be intentional about it. We're aware of it. We know how the enemy is going to attack. He does attack. Mm -hmm. We see it. We call it out and just be intentional about date nights and, and just taking care of family. And next time we're in Austin, Texas, we're going to check with Megan and ask her how you're doing. Thank you, you Mike should. Martin and Zach Jiwa. We really appreciate you being on I Work yes. For Him today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Jim Thank and you. Martha. Make sure you check check these guys out online, thecarisgroup.com, thecarisgroup.com. If you, as a corporation, need help negotiating medical bills, thecarisgroup.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.